I think it's hard to talk about the successes with things without talking about some of those obstacles that you've had to overcome and build the resiliency. Cause I really think the strength comes from those moments. And as much as, <laughs> as much as we want them to be easy and we want to look like we're this amazing warrior who just, you know, flicks it off you like a fly. It's really not how it goes getting through those really dark moments and kind of powering through that depression and powering through the obstacles and the struggles. That's where the resiliency and grit come from. And so I, I think, you know, not mentioning those things doesn't really give the full picture of, of some of the successes or just ventures, upcoming ventures and the, the bravery to go after something like that uh, without some of those hardships. They go really hand in hand. Totally. I completely agree. I'm also really glad that we recorded that because it sounded awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like going to have to splice that in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ala, what episode is this? 33? Uh, This is episode 33. Yes. Wow. Okay, cool. All right. Welcome back, you guys. We are here for episode 33 with my dear friend, Kathleen, that I've been trying to get on the podcast for like the past month and a half, but (laughs) life is unforgiving and also very busy. And so it's taken us a little bit of time to get here, but I'm so glad that we did. So Kathleen, I feel like you are just so incredible with all the things that you do and everything you've been through in your life to get to where you are right now. And I don't want to even pretend to be able to tell your story as well as you can. (laughs) So I'm going to have you give us a little brief introduction, who you are, where you live, a little bit about yourself and yeah, take it away. Perfect. Well, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Um, I love your podcast and you've got some really inspiring people on there. So I hope I can bring even an iota of (laughs) what some of your guests have brought before, but it's definitely an honor to be here. Um, My name's Kathleen Palmer, soon to be Crawford, thanks to the social security backup, but (laughs) um, (laughs) just got married in April. Um, I have been a- Congratulations. That's amazing. (laughs) It was a really fun wedding. Yeah, it's- it has not been the easiest three months. My poor um, new husband has been through a lot in three months, more than any human should have to go through in their first three years of marriage. But I mean, th- first three months of marriage feels like three years. Um, but I, uh, I have been a leader at uh, Western Governors University for uh, almost 10 years now. It feels like a year because <laughs> you learn something every single day. But I've been there for 12 years. I started as a faculty and then uh, moved into a program manager position in elementary ed and have had a, an amazing opportunity to lead a team of elementary licensing faculty. I also coach mountain biking, <laughs> something I have a, a huge um, passion for. Mountain biking really, it gave me something to, to kind of fight through some physical obstacles I've had in my life, multiple physical obstacles, going through cancer, going through autoimmune. It was really the first thing that I latched onto as a purpose to pick myself back up in a really tough time. And so I took up mountain biking coaching to give that back to other people because I, I really believe it. It's a, a gift in terms of the human spirit and the connections you make. Um, I am also opening a coffee shop. <laughs> Um, taking Woo. my first <laughs> big 
big uh, jump into entrepreneurship. I've been a consultant for six years. I started a, a consulting business when I was going through my MBA program. I, I met this really incredible person that I had the opportunity to work with their company. And he really believed in, in my abilities and kind of said, you know, you should be doing this. This is a gift you have. And I took that jump, that leap about six years ago. I worked primarily with women. It just happens to be um, women business owners um, that have had a high need in the last two years, um, which has been really great. But I work specifically with uh, operations and efficiencies and executive coaching and leadership development. So that's a lot. <laughs> just a couple things. <laughs> okay. I had no idea that you're actually a mountain bike coach. Yeah. Yeah. Like how, I was just going to say, like, how does one exactly coach someone to mountain bike? <laughs> also, where do I sign up? Because I was like, I would totally mountain bike with Kathleen, but I have no idea yes. what I'm doing. <laughs> Those are my favorite people. <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> oh no. I love, I love the newbies. I love the people who are, are wanting to try it out. Cause that's where you get hooked. Um, I think people get out there and they, they try and do it on their own without like, you know, someone who knows what they're doing and it's terrifying. Oftentimes people get hurt really easily and then they're done. So having someone get out there and, and kind of teach you the basics that seem really, really simple when you start doing them. And then you realize how important they actually are for that safety and having fun. I met some incredible people who have been just massive leaders to me. Um, one is 13. <laughs> the other is his dad. I met them in the mountain biking world and just their character. And he was this kid at 13 years old. who was tiny and um, they had this incredible relationship and they kind of pulled me into mountain biking and I actually started mountain biking. And then within a few months started racing um, as a way of kind of building the skill level. Um, and when I say racing, I mean like getting out there and probably moving at the very back of the pack, but just for the sake of learning. And it just, it sort of became this huge passion. And as I realized my lack of skill, I wanted to learn more so that other people didn't have to kind of flounder in that process too. So I took a instructor program through BICP, which is an incredible instructorship program that teaches you how to teach others mountain biking. And I learned a lot and, and got licensed. And then I've just had some great opportunity to coach and develop in that area. I coached for Hopkins Mountain Bike team that I've been doing for three years. This will be my first year as their director. I just decided to kind of take the leap and, and <laughs> work with high school kids because it's a great entry level of learning. And then um, just recently in the last couple of years, I started working for a foundation called Lopit and they do a ton of coaching with everything from, you know, very, very young kids who are just getting on the bikes all the way up through adults. And it's a, a great development program. And so I've learned a lot from them. I've built my own skill through them. And I've had the opportunity to give back to that too. I love it. I, okay. So I'm just, I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, Kathleen, I think you might be one of the most go-getter, self-starter-y kind of people that I have in my circle right now. And I'm just super curious how you got that way. If you've always been like that, just like very easily motivated. I know you said you're going to start this 
coffee shop projects. Like I definitely want to hear more about that. And then you work with a lot of females in the business entrepreneurial space. And I know you have a lot of wisdom and you've read a lot of really cool, you've given me some really great book recommendations. And um, I guess all of that coming back to my original question is how, how did you, have you always been like that? Or like, where does it come from for you? Gosh, I would love to take the responsibility for that. <laughs> but no, actually, most of where my skill set and my confidence and that go-getter and the belief in myself, I mean, even the self-confidence, as much as I'd like to say that was just kind of this inner thing that grew like a starburst, but um, it came from other people. Um, I've, I've learned to tune into things other people give you advice with. I, I listen to when someone gives you a compliment, which is so hard to take sometimes. I know if you've ever had someone give you a compliment, you're like, you kind of shut down. I used to be that, that way. <laughs> but I would say 95% of where the confidence, the, the ideas, the skill sets, they've come from other people who've pointed those out to me. Other people who have, have taken that courage to, you know, really identify things that they felt were strengths. I became a leader at WGU because another leader had pointed out that they felt like I had some really strong characteristics. And I will say right off the bat, <laughs> becoming a leader is not something I believe you're born into. I think people come in with some really great skills, don't get me wrong, but you become a leader being a leader. It really shapes you by the people you lead, by the people who are your counterparts, and I was lucky enough to have someone that that pointed out some things that they felt would be really great strengths in my position that I've been in. Same thing with coaching. You know, I had some really awesome people who said, look, you have this A, B, and C skill. I think you would make an incredible coach. I think people will benefit from it. I've gone through far more medical <laughs> obstacles than I feel like is fair. Um, there's a little yeah. resentment and anger around that. <laughs> But my brother pointed out even that, you know, hey, this is, this is an opportunity to, to be able to, to carry that burden with someone else. So I've just really, it, it, over probably the last six years in particular, really started to listen to those people that know me, or even people that know you just a little bit, but recognize something that's special that stands out to you and embrace that and really run with it. Because sometimes those people see something that we don't. And then that just spirals into something really incredible as, as you kind of evolve that and, and chase it. I feel like you've kind of taken something that sometimes people can say is taboo, which is like listening to everybody else's opinions, but you're doing it yeah. like in the right way. You know, <laughs> you're like, you're like, if somebody tells me they don't like my shirt, I'm not going to have low self-esteem. But if they're like, Hey, Kathleen, you do this very well. You're like, okay, I'm going to take that. I'm going to remember it and I'm going to work on it. And then mentors have their own mentors, right? Yeah, so, and you've really tapped into those. I was just going to say exactly what you just said, Kathleen. It's like, sometimes we don't see what we do, you know, like, mm -hmm. like, I don't, I always say this. I always feel like I'm not doing enough. And then when I talk to certain people, they're like, are you kidding me? Like, you do so much, but I don't see that in myself. Just like you were saying, like you sometimes don't like to take a compliment, but it's when these people say these things to you that you're like, hmm, maybe I can actually do this. Maybe it's something that is actually feasible for me. And I think that more people should 
uplift other people and do exactly that. Like, hey, like, let me compliment you on all of your strengths and see what you can do with it. Yeah. And when you have people that weigh in on that and they, I mean, it really does take courage because some of the people who have said those things to me have been strangers. You know, I barely know them and they have no idea how much they've impacted my trajectory and in choices I've made in my life, it's really given me that courage in return. Um, as a leader, you know, when people ask me, what do you do? I tell them that it is my sole responsibility to ensure that the employees that work for me or work with me, that I'm helping them on their professional path, achieve their goals. That is my sole duty as their leader. Obviously there's an upward allegiance to the the company I work for and and meeting goals and supporting our students, but to Mm -hmm. my team as their direct leader, it's my goal to help them achieve what they're going after. And there is this, this aspect where you can be a leader for years and never really give them any kind of encouragement in the right direction. Um, and that encouragement doesn't always mean fluff or telling them that they're doing a great job, but give them direct feedback that's going to put them on the trajectory towards that goal. So other people giving me that, that advice or that encouragement, it's really given me the courage and recognition to do the same thing for the people that I mentor or that I'm friends with or family with to say those things out loud, because sometimes we think them and we don't always verbalize them. I had an employee and in our first couple conversations, I said, do you know that you are going to be an incredible leader? Like, I'm so excited. And this was a new employee. I've known her a couple of weeks. And she said, nobody has ever said those words to me. Never. Nobody had ever told her that she thought she could be a leader or that she could be really great at what she did. And I was appalled. <laughs> and I feel like there's this, maybe it's a, uh, we're pitted sometimes against people, companies, you know, there's this competition aspect. We don't want to tell someone else that they're great because, that might make them rise above us, particularly with women in business. It becomes really competitive um, when you have multiple strong women in the same area. Um, but I don't think there's yeah. anything you can lose by building up someone around you. And, and that just makes you stronger and makes you stronger in your work group or, mm-hmm. or in that professional relationship. It doesn't take, it doesn't take, you know, a lot for you to be nice to someone you know, and you never know what someone is going through. Like it's easier to be nice than to, to be mean, quite frankly. I agree. Definitely. It's so true. Actually, I saw this thing on Instagram today and it said, basically it was something along the lines of try to get to a place where when you see somebody doing something that isn't harming you, that you don't agree with or necessarily like, instead of judging that person, be happy for them that they're finding joy and move on with your day. And I I feel like that's, that's awesome. And then also like, like you said, Kathleen, I think the signs of a true leader are exactly what you just said. And that's somebody that can uplift and encourage the people around them to reach their goals despite their own personal agenda. Um, And I think that you, people get confused into thinking that leadership is like some sort of ego trip or like, you know, pride show. And it's, I've had a lot of bad leaders and I've had a couple of really good ones and really fantastic mentors. And I definitely tend to align towards the people that see things in me that I either feel and know or don't see and they draw it out or they can 
acknowledge that it's there and help me develop that part of myself more. Um, So I think the fact that like you, I mean, you exude that even in just the first few times that I've met you, I know you're great at that. So I think it's awesome that you're doing that. And I'm very curious about this next project with the coffee shop (laughs) and how does coffee tie in? And what is this, what is this idea? Do you want to, I mean, I guess it might be secret. No, it's not a secret. (laughs) No, it's actually kind of funny. My good friend, we met through mountain biking, Adam, and he, uh, he bought a building and it's gorgeous. And he took, he, he bit off a very large bite. (laughs) He's been working his, his, uh, tushy off since he bought it. Um, and he had this commercial space in the building and, um, we've talked business a billion times. Um, when he was getting started in photography, we just, we talked about contracts. We talked about, you know, different ways to to expand his business. He knew what I was doing with consulting and we've had a lot of conversations around that. And, um, he had invited me down to see the building and, um, kind of, kind of slipped in, you know, would you be interested in, in using the commercial space for something? And my first response was, no, I don't want to, <laughs> um, which sounds <laughs> funny because, you know, it just, I've watched so many entrepreneurs work so hard for their businesses. Um, and I know what goes into it and it, these, I mean, it's blood, sweat, and tears. And to be honest, my initial response was fear it was, oh my God, like I could never do what they do. I'm there as a support system, you know, as a consultant, but I've seen what these people go through. I mean, they sacrifice so much to build these businesses. And so that, I mean, honestly, that was my first response was no way I could never do that. I don't think I, could, I would have the ability and scared the crap out of me, to be honest. Um, yeah. And, Makes sense. And then, I mean, yeah. anybody that's in the entrepreneurial world or has a good friend or family member that's in the entrepreneurial world or just works with people in that world are like, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's crazy what these yeah. people, myself and to, and now yourself included, do to make these things happen. It's insane. Yeah. But he was persistent and he asked a couple more times and I took a step back and, you know, I think if it doesn't scare you, it's probably not worth it. And I started to think about that. I'm, you know, why does this scare me? And the fact is that, you know, when, when something comes up and there's this fear, it's because you're becoming alert to it. You know, your brain wakes up, it's that whole fight or flight. And so I started thinking, okay, well, the other side of that is why am I so afraid of this? And I think it's because, I would be taking that next step of everything I've done with consulting and leadership business. And it is a big jumping point to, to start a business on your own. And, and then that kind of got me excited. There's this new venture, this new aspect to it. I am the researcher to death. And so I told him, you know, let me do some research. I'm in fact still in the research phase because I truly believe if you're going to do anything, never minimize the research behind it. I will look up a hundred ways to fail before I move forward, just to make sure I've, I've done all of the background. I've been reading books about how Starbucks started, how Seattle's best started podcast about people who started tiny coffee shops in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Moab was one of them, which was a really cool story, but. Ooh, um, is that one like some, some, there's a really good coffee shop in the middle of Moab. That's like super funky. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember that off the top of my head. I want to say it's like starlight or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, she, anyway, <laughs> but 
it's, you know, it just, it kind of became this incredible opportunity. The more I researched, the more I realized um, what a, a very rare situation it was in terms of the competition, the area, the desire in the particular town. And, and so we decided to take the leap and we're still very much in the early stages We're weekend warriors right now, fixing up the building and working on permits. And it's kind of a, a side thing right now, getting the building ready, but it's really exciting. When you and I have talked about this in the past, is there, I feel like there was like a very un, like pseudo unique concept to this coffee shop that you were going to be making or like, what is the, what is the goal behind it? Or are you just like, I want to start my own thing and I have this unique space and what can I put here that is needed that I can make my own? Yeah. Well, it's a really old building and that he's, he's, uh, I guess redoing renovating. Yes. Yes. It's a gorgeous old building. And, um, it, the town is easy to fall in love with. It's a little town called the sewer and they, they don't have a lot in their town. So I think that was something that kind of captured it. It was more than just the coffee shop. It was creating a space. It was creating kind of a blooming point from there. You know, we've talked about getting a farmer's market started there, creating a, an atmosphere rather than just, you know, a place you can pick up a coffee. There's hundreds of places you can go get a coffee, but we really wanted a space in that town where people could build community we're going to have it as part of the visit Lesur. So they'll be able to kind of learn about the city. There's a ton of history around there. So there's just some really interesting facets. The geek side of me, the business side of me that pulled me towards it was the fact that there was no other coffee shops in competition. They don't even have a Starbucks in their town, which this day and age is crazy. Um, so it was just, yeah, I mean, like unheard of. I <laughs> know. Um, I will say that in six years of, of doing market analysis and financials for companies, this was one of the few like diamond in the rough that we came across in terms of competition, in terms of everything kind of aligning for a really successful opportunity. You just don't get those very often. And I feel like it's um, uh, maybe a, <laughs> it's maybe a little grace after the last six years, <laughs> we're kind of catching a break. Totally in terms of this awesome opportunity to do something that we really love. And we love coffee in general. I, I mean, that in itself is, I, coffee would probably be up there with biking. I don't know. There's just something strange about a little coffee shop in a small town that is really appealing to me. I love the sound of it. I can't wait to come and, I know. and be see there. Come and yeah. <laughs> do a little open mic. Yes. Allo, you'll have to come out. It'll be a great time. We'll bring the crew. Yes, I'm down. I'm down for all of the things. <laughs> and I love me a good cup of coffee. So I'm here. Yeah. Me I mean, too. she's she's a New Yorker. Kathleen, are there any things that you want to touch on that we haven't talked about or any like motivations or tips and tricks? I think the key thing is, there's a couple key things. I think with anything that you start out on a venture, whether you're going to be an author, you're going to start a business, you're chasing a dream and a sport. I think it's really important, one, to be passionate about it and to have fun. Those things go hand in hand. I think passion is derived from having fun. You get that passion because you're having fun. And if it stops being fun, find something else. I may look a little <laughs> schizophrenic in job roles I've had throughout my life. And because of that, 
a lot of that came from that aspect of if it's not fun anymore, you don't enjoy it. If you are not passionate, it's time to find something new. And it is never too late to start over and, and find that new passion. Not to say that if it's hard <laughs> and it's not fun in that, that particular day that you should drop everything and run <laughs> because you will face obstacles and there will be days where it's not all rainbows and sparkles. But if your heart is no longer in there, find something that you truly love because life is way too short to do something and chase after a dream that you no longer are passionate about. And I think it's, I think that's a little taboo these days. Um, I heard someone say that in a, in a speech on a TED talk. Um, someone had said, you know, what if I'm burnt out? And, and he said, I don't think you can get really burnt out. I think you just stop loving what you're doing and it's time to find something new. And that was so profound to me because reflecting back on the last 10 years, I wish someone had said that to me sooner. <laughs> I wish someone had said, if your heart's not in it, it's because your heart's not there anymore. And I, right. I really think having face some, some pretty scary things in my life. Those are moments where I stop and I think, is this really what I want to be doing? If I have another month, if I have another year, if I have five years, am I doing what I truly want to be doing? Am I going to either leave a legacy, which is, you know, touching any person's life you come across or affecting them without even having necessarily that connection just in the passing by? Um, are you doing that? And if you're not, do something else. The other really key point is surround yourself with amazing people because no matter how good you are, how strong, how resilient, how much great you think you have, you can't get through this by yourself. And I think that's taboo. We also live in a society where we're, we're kind of taught to be silos, that you have to have that strength yourself. And I uh. could not disagree more. And everything that I've done whether it's been mountain biking, racing, starting a business, I lean heavily on the people. And sometimes I don't. And that's where I like crumble. And I struggle the most is when I forget that I have incredible people around me that I need to lean on. And that's whether in it intellectually, um, I think the brightest people know who to go to um, when they don't have all the answers. And that can be emotional, that can be intellectually, that can be scholastically, you know, in terms of just uh, building your basic knowledge of, of emotional intelligence and human connection, um, but know who to go to and have those people and, and the ones that matter most work at those relationships because those are people that you don't want to lose. Those values are just, they are innumerable. There is no way to, to build that relation back um, when you find those people. Yeah. I do a lot of, you know, work with myself on identifying, like, it sounds so weird to be like my tears of friends, but like, it's, yeah. it's, it was an exercise I did that talks about like your inner circle. And then there's like two or three tears outside of that. But, um, it's the circles of people in your life and in the innermost circle are like people that would like take a bullet for you. Yeah. And then the next tier of circle would be people who would maybe lend you money, but you know, wouldn't go that next extra step. And then on the outside people who would be supportive, but they're not going to like go that extra mile to, to help you or whatever your qualifier quantifier is for this exercise. And 
then you look at that and you look at all the people in your life. And I've literally made lists and lists and lists of people I just know. And like most of them don't even make it into any of the circles at all. And you just identify like, okay, where is this person and how much time do I put into them versus these other people that treat me this way? And who, who do I want to be in a different ring? And if I want like somebody that I haven't been in touch with in a long time, but I really want us to have that closer relationship, like, okay, maybe I need to put more time into this person that doesn't even make it into any of these right now. And maybe I need to focus a little more on some of these inner circle people who I take for granted and valuing your time and how you spend your energy with others on that. And that has very much helped me in some of these past few, like I I say past few months, but like in the past year in terms of progressing forward. And I feel like this related to what you were talking about, but now I feel like I've been talking for so long that I don't actually know if I'm (laughs) tying this to anything that you said. Um, But I think you're talking, asking for help and relying on people that are closest to you, that you trust and that have your back. Yeah. And not just not just your hype people, because the hype people, don't get me wrong, I've, I've got some incredible people. I, I've got some friends like Leah and Jason, who I literally, if I do anything, they're right there. Like they are the best hype people. They just make you feel so good about anything you do. I could totally see that with them. <laughs> I'm in, and I would be, you know, they, they, my confidence is, um, they have my back no matter what, but then, you know, I, I have a Mark will literally tell me how it is and you don't always want to hear it, but he has shaped some of my biggest decisions and some of my hardest oh, decisions me, in my life. Kathleen. Really... Yeah. Be the I will tell friend. you. Yeah. <laughs> Paige, Paige will tell you, she literally won't tell me things because she's, she's like, I don't, I don't want your truth right now. Yeah. And you know, like those punches? are the ones, those are the ones that are the hardest to listen to sometimes, but honestly, those are the people who probably care about you the most. Oh, so and true. It's, it's tough. It's it, but having that balance is good too. Cause there are days where I'm like, yeah, I can't hear this right now. I really just need the hype man. Can I, let's get the hype man now <laughs> when I'm back up to, you know, a, a 10 in terms of my emotional state, then I can take the truth. So it's, it's a balance, but those people are, they're gold. And, um, they'll shape your life in ways that you could never imagine if you let them in. And we want to be these independent, incredible warriors. Um, and I think it's okay to, to strive for that and find that inner resiliency and grit, but also know that it doesn't come just from us, that other people are, are necessary and other people are detrimental <laughs> to your success and your health and your well-being and your mental state. Um, and letting those people in. And that's, I think, you know, you asked before, have I always been like that? I think that was actually the turning point when I started to really feel like I spread my wings was when I leaned into other people and I listened to other people. It might be the fourth child syndrome. I needed to be really independent because, you know, you grow up that way as the last child. (laughs) You're kind of out there floating (laughs) a little bit. I have great siblings and great parents, but you become a little more independent. And so I think there was this, this mentality that I needed to do it on my own. I needed to prove to do things on my own. And as I got older and I realized 
the reliance on those people and the strength that they build in you that is so much more than you can build within yourself, that became the superpower. I always loved the quote that if you're the smartest person in the room or the smartest person at the table, I've heard it a couple of ways, find another room, right? Um, yes. If you're yes, not yes. something oh, from people that. around you, then find new people because life is constantly about growing and that's constantly. Yeah. So that's, that's something that I live by. Um, yeah. I love that one. And you are the people you spend the most time with. They always say that you're comprised of the five people you spend the most time with. So like, yeah. think about I hang you. out with my dog a lot. Does that mean I'm going to be like Ringo? <laughs> um, no, amazing. You <laughs> I hope so. Ringo's a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I do. I have, I'm very blessed right now in life to have a very good group of humans that are in my circles and that I look up to and push me and hold me accountable and care about my well being. So I'm very grateful for that. And I find time in my yogic practice to, to, to show gratitude for that, which I don't even know if yogic is a word but it felt right. So <laughs> no, it is. And I was just going to okay. say, I'm so proud of you, Punch, because you were like, what yogic practice, you know, a year ago. Right. So right. I was like, what? Far away. Kathleen, in our first episode, I have no routines. I have no consistency. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no interest. And now look at me. Crazy. Dude, and I honestly think that the podcast has helped in that department. Every week that we do this, we both learn something. That is true. <laughs> it's true. That I think true. it makes us better people. Well, and, and I think Kathleen be better. Kathleen, you can probably relate to this. I feel like one of the really cool things about being able to work with a variety of clients is that you're always being exposed to new people and new thoughts and new ideas and practices that maybe your group of people you hang out with in your personal time don't necessarily share or bring to the table. And it provides like all of this space to learn and grow and find new opportunities. So I'm super grateful to have that in my life as well. Yeah. I do think you gravitate, you know, well, I, I don't know how it works. You know, I was trying to wrap my mind around this. Um, I, well, you mentioned my sister and um, some of the people I'm closest to are some incredible survivors. And I was thinking about that <laughs> in terms of resiliency. I, I kind of hinted at the health stuff that has yeah. happened. I've been through, uh, hell with an autoimmune disease for a year before they diagnosed it. I've battled cancer twice. Just recently, I had a run in with a tick <laughs> that almost killed me. Um, it ended up causing a stroke this last Saturday. And there's this, like, I, it, it's interesting because the people who, um, are closest to me right now are some incredible survivors. And I, I think about when you hit rock bottom, how some of those people come out of the woodwork and it's the most empowering life-changing things that happen to you. And not to say, go get bit by a tick or go get hit by a car <laughs> so that you can hit rock bottom. Please don't. No, no. But, well, when you hit rock bottom, I mean, the only place to go is up, right? Yeah. And like you can't and get people, any lower. The people around you who have been through some incredible, my, one of my closest friends here um, in Minnesota, she's gone through the windshield of her car. She's hit a tree head on. She got attacked by an otter. I mean, her life is just, Wait. we know that her she got attacked by an otter. 
Yes. But yeah, can she we just back up? She got attacked by an otter. How does an otter <laughs> I feel like <laughs> this is exactly probably does. not a funny story, but it sounds it, in, like crazy you don't story. hear it every day. Someone yeah. had told me this story like six years ago and then her and I became friends about three years ago and we were sitting at dinner and she was telling me this story. I was like, oh my God, I heard this story six years ago. Somebody sent me the article in the newspaper and she's like, yeah, that was me. She was uh, training for an Ironman, which she has done five Ironman. I don't know anyone that's oh my even God. done an Ironman. So it's amazing. <laughs> um, but she just, her survivor, you know, her survivor mentality. And then, you know, my sister who's been through cancer, who's been through just some horrific things in life, you know, even most recently, just the loss of our mom in a really awful way. She is, her strength is just palpable. And it's, it's really amazing um, because going through anything hard, as I mentioned before, you want to just have this like warrior you want to be like yeah I got this you know you want every quote that you ever see on Instagram to just like reflect off of you but that's not really how it goes and this particular time I realized that you have to go through those emotions and those depression because it opens up the doors to these people around you it opens up this whole different type of grit and resiliency because you realize I went through that and it didn't kill me Um, bypassing that I feel like you do yourself this injustice, you build a resentment or you put it off to catch up with you later. And um, like I said, please don't go get hit by a car. But I think it's really, it's really amazing going through some of those hardships and reaching those lows, how much it changes a person. Um, And each time I swear, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like one more thing. Um, I think I've had to start over in mountain biking and racing four times, three times. And every time I feel like I'm back at square one. And then I remember I've been here before I've overcome this. I'm stronger now mentally. I'm stronger now physically. I have more support around me than I ever have. That just set me up to be stronger than I'm ever going to be. And I know in my gut, and I I wrote this to (laughs) the page, I was like, this is perfect timing for the podcast because right now I'm, I'm sitting at home hiding in my house because I'm afraid of my face <laughs> with people I know. But let me tell you, in a year from now, I think I might amaze myself at where I am because I can just feel it in my gut. I'm going through the really crappy stuff, but I will not be the same person in a year from now because of that. Um, And I think part of that is having gone through some of those other things in the past and coming out of them stronger. One more time getting up, I just know that it's going to make me that much stronger. Strong people aren't, strong people aren't made because everything in life was handed to them and everything was easy. You know what I mean? It's the, it's the trials, it's the tribulations, it's the shit that we have to, to wade through in order to make ourselves better people. I think you're hundred percent correct. Yeah. That's where your grit comes from. That's where your grace comes from, you know, and you just have to keep going. You can't, you can't let these things set you back so much that you do curl up into a ball and just say, fuck it. I think that's what yeah. separates the weak from the, from the strong. Yeah. I love the quote. Do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure. It. Yes. Uh, I love, I love that. that. I don't I also, know. I don't know how many people actually do that. Like give me some tough stuff. Like I love the quote because right. having already gone through it, I'm like, okay, you know, I've got, 
gotten through this. I, I've gone through the tough stuff and yes, it's made me stronger. I want to know, is there anyone that actually like starts on the other end of that? I was like, all right, give me what you got. I know it'll make me, <laughs> now I want the easy I life. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone, I I don't... <laughs> but it is, yeah. it's, it's God testing you, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's a series of tests that are handed to you and it's how you react to it and how you react even just, just to a small test every day. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be detrimental or something that's going to set you back or, you know, having a stroke or going through the things that you've gone through. Like it doesn't have to be that hard, but it's how you come back from it that determines like how you're going to actually succeed in this life. Yeah. I remember listening to a TED talk where the person said, um, you know, losing weight is not hard. Doing, going through, you know, a, a tough time in your marriage is not hard. And she named off all these things. And, and then she started naming off things that are, you know, they get harder and harder and harder. And she's like, all of those things are hard. And she kind of goes back and says, like, we look at them as different levels. As we overcome each thing, we realize we had this strength to overcome that. So what's next? And it gives you this just passion to go after things that maybe once fear you fear. I, I had a college professor that once told me that if you're not nervous or afraid, you're probably not ready. And I, I just, I love that analogy because um, there's been so many times where like, I'm scared so out of my mind that I'm not capable. And then I realize I switched my perspective and I think, you know what, that's me getting ready. I may not be ready in this second, but that fear just alerted me that whatever I'm about to take on, I will be ready because of that fear. And it's a great way to embrace something that is kind of taboo that we try and push away fear and we just, we hide from that fear. And instead we can utilize that to make us stronger and more ready. I totally uh, resonate with that because I know this is going to sound ridiculous and Paige always tells me I'm ridiculous, but like I've been teaching yoga for... <laughs> a couple of years now. And every time before I teach, I get so nervous. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm going to suck. I'm like, are they going to like it? Every time, every single time, there's not a time that I get up in front of a room of, you know, 25 people and I'm not nervous or I'm not afraid. I like, I'm afraid that. every time. I don't think you're, you're still best for that. It's like stage fright. I, what I think is, is like, okay, it's my telling you you're ridiculous is maybe inappropriate because it's my way of trying to be like, you're great to at calm this. my nerves. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's like an encouragement. It's like, you know, one of the things I think you're great at. So I'm like, you don't need to be so nervous. Like, I think there's an appropriate amount of nerves and anxiety that we, we can either embrace as a fear or we can choose to embrace as excitement and joy for something we're passionate about and wanting to share our gifts and like wanting others to be open to receiving them. Right. Um, so I, I never tell you that out of like actually thinking that you're ridiculous. I just want you no, to know I that like you. I, you, you do a great job. <laughs> oh, thanks, so, no, I appreciate welcome. that because you know, it's, it, it just goes with what you were saying. Like, you just, you never know until you get up there and do it. And it just scares the shit out of me. And it's the same with like presenting, you know, I can present to a group of 50 people and I will literally like sweat through my shirt and have pit stains yeah. because I'm that nervous. <laughs> I'm still that way. I've, I've spoken in front of 
700 people and I've spoken in front of three and it doesn't matter. <laughs> I Holy still shit, get that's a lot of people. Time. It's there's something about getting up, but I, I do, I think it's, I think the sweat is you getting ready. I think it's your body <laughs> coming alive, but I also think yeah. it's really exciting that you're still nervous after so many years of being a yoga teacher, because that shows how important it is to you. And it shows how important that your impact you have on those people and how you serve those people and, and that capacity it matters to you. And if you weren't nervous and you went in, it, you know, that could just mean you've lost some of that passion. So I think it's really cool that you still have that, that drive and, and that connection to it. Oh, thank you. Kathleen, you're freaking awesome. Can you come right? out and like <laughs> speak to everyone? You'll have to come out again soon. But Kathleen, I think it's cool that like, cool is maybe not the right word. I think it shows a lot of self-awareness and also like, like you were saying, resilience and grit that you can sit here to, and say to us, you know, I had this mini stroke and I'm not confident with like aesthetically going out and about right now, but you're not letting that keep you from accomplishing goals. You've turned this thing and it's like, okay, we all have boundaries. We all have things that we need to work around. So like, you're not ready yet to like, maybe go be in the world with all of your peers, but you are ready to use that to propel yourself forward towards your goals. And I think it's important to acknowledge that we aren't necessarily saying like, make yourself so uncomfortable that like you can't necessarily function, but push yourself to make changes, even if they're small and incremental, get out of your comfort zone a little bit every day. Yeah, definitely. It's a strange feeling because it's a, it's a push and pull when you're going through it, right? You, you're angry, you're frustrated, you're embarrassed. I mean, depending on, on what you're going through, I think you can apply that to a lot of things, losing a job, failure of a marriage, going through health crises, all of these different aspects. There's this push and pull where there's this just emotional, where you're just drained. And then there's this fuel there's these moments of anger where it becomes the fuel on your fire. And those moments, you get some really important points of clarity where you're like, okay, it's not this second you need need to rest, or it's not this second you need to deal with the emotional aspect and just be sad or just grieve so that when you're ready, that's behind you and you've dealt with that part of it. Um, but man, that the fuel that I feel, when I face these challenges, I'm so grateful for it. I can't believe I'm even saying that because I'm still a little bit in the anger phase, but I'm so grateful for that fuel because the things I've done that I never thought I would be able to accomplish in the past, it kind of excites me where I'm like, this is one more thing. And I just listened to a podcast, hundred Ironman. It's not quite what it seems, um, but it's about a guy who just wanted to test the human spirit. And he wanted to see how much was physical and how much was mental. And there's just so many amazing takeaways. I just think he has this gift of reaching people in the way that he speaks and building people up and in, in their goals and dreams. But the one thing that I took away was so simple. And it was, he said, when you're ready to give up, just tell yourself, just get up one more time. Like if you're not, if you don't feel like getting up, just tell yourself one simple thing, just do it one more time. And I've been telling myself that for like the last seven days and it's so simple. (laughs) And I just keep telling myself, I can't wait until I'm there. Like I'm not there yet, 
in terms of feeling like I have strength again, that I'm on that journey again, I'm still in kind of the grief phase, but there's just like this fire in me. And I keep thinking of that in the back of my head, just get up one more time. And if I'm never going to hit something that I can't get through because it just takes giving that resiliency, the chance one more time. Um, and so I keep thinking that in the back of my head and I'm, I'm ready for that in a way. Um, but I know that there's a process to it. So like I said, I, uh, I hope we get to chat in one year because there's this fire in me right now that I'm like, I, as everything I've been through, I know now more than ever what I'm capable of and, and what I want to achieve. And, and that's an exciting aspect too. And, um, I won't let this stand on the way. So I love this. Oh, Kathleen, I just love talking <laughs> with you. It makes me, it makes my heart so happy. You're so inspiring and motivating. Anyway, Aloe, is there anything else you want to add? Kathleen, anything you want to share before we wrap up no, here? We're coming on I think eight that, o'clock. I know it's nine there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, I really appreciate all of your input and everything that you have bestowed upon our listeners. I think, you know, Punch and I always say, if we can help just one person, then what we're doing is worth it. So I think you're going to help a lot of people with your words of wisdom. And I just, you know, I loved listening to your story and I just think that you're a badass and (laughs) you're going to prevail. Seriously. For anybody listening, if they are interested in learning more about your story or want to reach out, where can they find you if they want to, um, you know, reach out and maybe get some mentorship. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Kathleen Palmer Emin. I'm also on Facebook, so I'm happy to connect either way. I am always, uh, my favorite thing in life is meeting people and, and connecting with people. And I think that's what life's all about. So I, I'd, I'd love to, to connect with anyone that listens to the show and, and wants to chat and, and connect. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to add that to the, I always get it wrong. It's not comments, but the description (laughs) for the episode so that people will be able to reach out to you directly there. And, um, as always, we ask everybody to rate, review, subscribe, and share because that's what keeps us going and helps us grow. So, or, and if you you know anybody that wants to participate as always, let us know, or if you want to be on the podcast, reach out, We'd love to chat with you. Awesome. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This has been so fun. Thank you. See you in Colorado soon. (laughs) Yes. Yes. If not, I'll be coming to Minnesota. It'll happen. Yeah. Minnesota, eh? Hopefully soon. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Thank Thank you you. so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, right, and...